hi. Oh, hi. We're back. We are back. Back at it again. Consistently. Consistently. It's like you've heard us two, three weeks in a row. Wow. That's amazing. Our chronic illnesses have allowed this, which is... I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us, too. I'm proud of us. This is going to be good. Yeah. So, yeah. We just ready to jump in? If you, oh, this is Cookies and Crime. Well, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I for just for your guys' sake, I'm getting over a cold. She's a little froggy. I was sick all last week. Uh, I have my voice back for the most part, but I am like occasionally I will slip into nasal sound. Like I'm probably. Doing I just right gave now. her decongestant, so we'll yeah. See. So we should be good. Uh, since I'm doing a lot of talking, I'm going to do that disclaimer so that if you're like, okay, she sounds diseased, I am, but <laughs> but. <laughs> I should be okay. So uh, we really, we wanted to bring you another case this week. So we're doing this. We're doing this. If you've never listened to us before, Cookies and Crime is where we talk about crime. And then we have snack time. Yep. And we have a good time. Mm-hmm. Always. We always have a good time. Always have a good time. Yeah. We like to end it on a sweet note. So we're going to talk about horrible stuff before. So if you like listening to horrible stuff. Tune in. Tune in. You're going to love it. Buckle your seatbelt. You're going to love it. And then we end on a on a sweet note. So, you've never heard of this case. No. This is going to be a two-parter. Okay, so buckle up, guys. We haven't done a two-parter in a minute. I know. We've done a lot of one-offs. So, this one is going to be split up as if it's two different cases, but it's it's essentially the same case. Um, because most of the time, when for those of you who have heard of the case of Rebecca Zhao... A lot of times when this case is presented, whether it be on YouTube or in a podcast or in a documentary, it's usually mostly Rebecca that we talk about. Mm -hmm. But there was another case involved in this story that is sort of understated and in some ways almost as suspicious as Rebecca's case. So we're going to cover both. We're going to cover this full, full story, which is why it's going to take two parts. (coughs) And they might be long parts. I actually have no idea how long but we'll go as long as it takes to get each one out so this first part um i want to put out a trigger warning this one is uh well i guess this one doesn't have this one does involve children the first part does oh boy not it's not like a john benet level content regarding children but it is sad stuff about children so if that makes you sad either mentally prepare or turn this off the second part there's a, another set of trigger warnings that we'll get into when we when you listen to the part two next week. But uh, yeah, so this this case is is interesting, and I wanted to also say that it's not it's not a cold case necessarily. Uh, the verdict it's going to feel a lot like a little bit like the Philip Shue case that we did last week, where it's like that one. I'm still thinking. About. I know it haunts you. It's on paper, it's resolved, but in everybody's minds and hearts, it's not. It's definitely not. That's what this one's going to feel like. So it won't, it'll feel like a cold case, but technically on paper. I got you. Law enforcement doesn't consider it a cold case. Yeah, I I already know I'm going to be upset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't heard of the Rebecca Zhao story. So Rebecca was born on March 15th in 1979 in Burma. Pisces. She's Pisces, classic Pisces. Classic Pisces. I am not super familiar with Burma. So when I was looking into it, the Burmese people are of Chin ethnicity, and most of them are devout Protestants. So they're, um, this this family, the Zhao family, were they were super active in their church when they lived in Burma. Um, unfortunately, 
which is unfortunately the case in some sects, like the particular one that they belonged to. There was a lot of corruption in their particular congregation. And so the kids in the Zhao family suffered a lot of abuse at the hands of church leaders, which was really super, super sad, Um, especially because the parents felt a little bit powerless in preventing it. And so there's a whole I would actually recommend if you want to hear a lot more about Rebecca's childhood as we build up to this the the chunk of this story um there's a book and i'll i can't remember what it's called so i will put it in the description box for this episode but if you want to listen to an audio version um of a condensed version of her backstory rotten mangoes has a really good episode on rebecca oh i love her and she talks she's so good and she's so good with her research they have she has a lot more information about like rebecca's childhood her family life I didn't find it as, for the sake of our episode, I didn't find it as necessary just because, just because. But if, if, you're, if you're interested, if you're one who's like, well, I really want to understand Rebecca Deep as a dive, person. Yeah. yeah. She had a lot. She had a very interesting story leading up to the one we're going to talk about. So, but that's just, that's the basics. So childhood abuse. She's from Burma. Her family did move to the U.S., let me look at what age she was. They became political refugees, okay, because they were considered royalty in that country, which I also thought was pretty interesting. Um, but they ended up living in a few different places before they settled in the U.S. They went to, like, Nepal. They went to Germany. Um, and then eventually St. Joseph, Missouri, which is where I think most of her family still lives. But uh, Rebecca, she's very carefree, very extroverted, very um, physically active. She liked doing things like hiking. She was like the opposite of who I am as a person. She was like, she was like, I'm gonna go hiking. I want to go skiing. I want to go. She was just for her. All the things, and she was very charismatic. She was very charming. She was gorgeous and vivacious. And then she's just this gorgeous Asian woman. So like, that's exotic in the U.S. We love exotic people. I don't know what it is. About we do. We either either we're racist against them or we just can't get enough of them. Normal, it's one or the other. Run of the mill white folks. <coughs> lame. So they- lame. Yeah, but they, you know, they get so weird about, like, anyone that's not, you know. Yeah. She's got the run-of-the-mill white run of the mill. Yeah, yeah. We get bored with our own kind, I think, is what it is. Well, God, so look she around. was Look yeah. around us. It's not good. It's not, it's not good. good. <laughs> the choices are not great. It's not good. Um, but, yeah. So look so at those mass shooting stats. Rebecca. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's not good. It's not healthy. Not healthy. Rebecca, so she attracted a lot of attention, particularly a lot of male attention. Uh, Yeah. Um, Poor thing. She, poor thing. She kind of, like, she rolled with it, because, again, she's extroverted. She likes people. Sure, sure. So she was okay with it. She ended up marrying young. She was about 23 when she married her first husband, Neil. Um, The last name I can't remember. Apparently, I didn't feel the need to write that in the note. Just Neil. That's his name. Neil was her first husband. She got married to him in 2002, um, there wasn't a lot of information that I could find on this marriage, which is okay. It's it's not super relevant to this story as a whole either. Again, if you want more information, I would definitely listen to that Ron Mangos episode. She does such a good job. Um, at some point during this marriage, though, uh, Rebecca gets a job as a technician at some kind of ophthalmologist's office. And this, in 2008, while still married to Neil, let's keep that timeline in mind, she meets a gentleman named Jonah Shacknai. Jonah is the CEO of a medical company that basically makes stuff as like for Botox, Botox alternatives, mm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean this to sound insulting. <laughs> I don't mean this to sound offensive to anybody who partakes of stuff like Botox. But when I, when I read his, his job, I was like, okay, this is what he did for a living. And then I Googled what he looked like. 
and what his has ex-wives he, look like. Has he received? You could tell he works for a Botox company. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's... Would you believe, would he you believe looking his... at me that I have received Botox? Cosmetically or for Not my... Oh, okay, okay. No. no, I wouldn't guess that. I wouldn't guess that. You have a very natural looking face. Thank you. He, he, he was like... I don't know. I, at some point, at some point, slow down. It doesn't look as natural. So if you no, do, no, no, no. For, cosmetically, it looks weird. It looks, especially if you get too much it looks of it. Plastic. I've heard of people doing like the micro dose, where it's just like a line here, a line there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's fine. Yeah. I've seen celebrities pull that off, and I you can't tell they've had work until they're like super old and start getting excessive with it. Yeah. But I, yeah, I if you do do partake. Just, no judgment. Just, no judgment. I think. I think. Do look, you look and feel your best? But also, but be careful. Be careful. It's so easy to look. Don't wrong. let anyone talk you in, into anything. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I. Again, I don't mean to sound offensive to, to Jonah and his ex-wives, but you could tell what he does for a living. There's a limit. There's a limit. There's yeah. a limit. Yeah. I, I will say, I like. I've gotten Botox for migraine. It didn't work for me, but. <clears throat> It was neat yeah. that, like, my, my, like, eyebrows didn't move for, like, a couple <laughs> weeks. And I was like, damn. Look how smooth my forehead is. <laughs> and were, you, were you able to, like, show any emotion in your forehead no. at all? Have you seen a Cinderella story with Jennifer Coolidge? Yes, and they didn't, yes, <laughs> yes. her daughters didn't get homecoming. I'm so disappointed. And they're like, really? I can't tell. It's because I just got Botox. I can't show emotion for an hour and a half. <laughs> I died. We digress. We digress. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Jonah. She met Jonah at this ophthalmologist's office. And that she, she was still worked. married. She, she was still technically married. The I think the marriage was fizzling though because within, like, they didn't sound like they were like together. So they may have been just separated mm-hmm. at that point. Got you. But they didn't. She didn't get divorced from Neil until they were until like 2011. Okay. So like this three three years after. Yeah. Okay. Three years after meeting and dating Jonah. That's a minute. Yeah, it is. So I don't, uh, maybe I didn't listen to that part of the podcast or read that part of the research thoroughly enough. But again, if you care about those kinds of details, please go listen to that Rotten Mangoes episode. Uh, so yeah, regardless though, she's she's done with Neil. She's with Jonah, this rich, wealthy. She wants a CEO. CEO. She wants free Botox whenever she She's in it. her, at this point, she's like late 20s, early 30s. This man is 54. Jonah is. She's 54. He's 54. And she's late 20s? She's late 20s, early 30s. Maybe 32 at this point because she was 23 when she married Neil. Okay. And they were married... Let's see. Since 2002. So there's an age gap. So there's a... regard. Yeah, there's an age gap. I mean, I, I think a lot of women who are not born and raised in the U.S., some, some that are even, but uh, culturally... There are some cultures where the women are more attracted to older men because their position in life, they're more stable. They offer more. I, they, I, I don't know. Their mentality is different. Sure. So I like when I was looking at this, I was like, well, the age doesn't bother me quite as much. What bothers me is the timeline between marrying Neil and dating Jonah. But whatever. Live your life. And if you're in your late 20s, early 30s, like you're developed enough to yes make a decision it's not like you're 19 your brain is fully developed yeah 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 yeah. uh-huh and she had a job she was like taking care of mm-hmm. things you know like whatever you do you rebecca um but he came in in 2008 he came in for an eye exam jonah did and they just kind of hit it off he was freshly divorced she was basically yeah. separated i don't know um anyway i i get it i get the appeal for jonah right there he had been married twice 
Red flag. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has three kids. Two were teenagers with his first wife. Um, through he had like a three year custody battle with this wife, this ex wife over these two twin uh, teenage girls. I don't know if they're twins. I didn't look that closely. They're not as big of a part of the story as you know some of the other kids. The other kid, Max, he is the youngest, and he's from his second marriage. And at the time of this story, he's six. Okay, so keep that in mind. Little boy named Max Shackney, super adorable. So Rebecca <coughs> basically put her whole life on hold. Not that that's saying too much. <laughs> when your rich CEO boyfriend is like, hey, you want to move in with me in California in this super big Spreckles mansion that I own? Yeah. And she's like, you mean stop being a technician at an ophthalmologist's office and go live in a mansion? But Diff- difficult decision. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so she puts her life on hold to go move with him. To live with him and help take care of little Max whenever he had, you know, when he had him over. So, like I mentioned, Jonah lived in California, Coronado, California, which is in San Diego Bay. And his house was called Spreckles Mansion. And it was a mansion. It was it was a big stinking house. Yeah, I know. Sigh. Um, okay. It had a huge guest house in the back, which was like is like bigger than my house. The guest house is. And then there's like servants' quarters. There's, it's like it's a mansion. Yeah, like I can't fully like fathom these types of places because I'm I'm merely a poor. So we're like regular yeah, people. We're you know we don't we don't know. We can mm-hmm. only imagine. We can only imagine. I can only imagine. Fascinating though. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a nice house too, though. I looked at the exterior. It's a pretty. It's cute. It's cute. And it's near the beach, which is nice. So, like, the location is ideal. Yeah. So, you know, she's like, um, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I will do that. But it was not without problems. So when Becca did, I don't know if she went by Becca. I think she went by Becky. But when Rebecca moved there, she did have issues with his teenage daughters. Well, yeah. Which I understand. Well, yeah. yeah. If my dad started dating a woman way too close to my age, Correct. I would have issues as well. Absolutely. <clears throat> but she had zero problems with Max. She well, bonded he's little. With, yeah, he's only six. And Rebecca's fun. She likes doing sure. things. She yep. likes going outside. She likes going to the beach. She likes playing with him. Um, so she really settled into that stepmother role really easily uh, with Max, which is which is sweet, I think. Okay. <coughs> Are you well? Yeah, I am. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> okay. July 10th. 2011. This is okay. when the timeline really kicks up. Okay. okay. Rebecca's 13 year old sister, Zena, was visiting in town from Missouri. Rebecca had picked her sister up from the airport that night. They dropped off her stuff at the Spreckles Mansion. And then Rebecca, Jonah, Max, and Zena went to go get pizza. According to Zena, they got home earlier than they expected because the pizza was disgusting. <laughs> she was like, oh, we didn't stay long. Yeah, she was like, it was really gross pizza. There's nothing so worse we're... than bad pizza. <laughs> pizza. Which is, I, maybe I'm just a garbage disposal, but I think bad pizza is even still good. You put it in the fridge and it's cold. It's fine. It's you fine. Fix, fix it right up. Absolutely. <laughs> I just put more cheese on it. Just put more cheese on it. You're fine. Yeah. Um, just be grateful you just have be pizza. Gra- <laughs> <laughs> you spoiled brat. <laughs> Some people don't even have pizza. <laughs> But they so they gave up on the pizza. They went home to get uh, snacks at the house. 
I am going to make it through this episode, dang it. I am probably going to okay. have... Yeah, I have a transcript that I might have you read. I got it. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Oh. Because I... Just so I can, like, hydrate while you read it, and then yep. we can discuss yep, it. Yep, yep. But we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm okay. getting ahead of myself. I can do this, you guys. Okay. So they give up on pizza. They come home to the Spreckles Mansion again. I just like saying Spreckles Mansion. It's sparkle, like, sparkly? Spreckles. Spreckles. Okay. Because yeah. I was about to get mad. It sounds... <laughs> I was about to get mad. Because sparkles would be excessive. Sparkles Barbie Mansion. That would be like rubbing it in everybody's yeah, face. Yeah, I'm like, you can't call it that. Yeah, jeez. That's illegal. No, it's spreckles. Kind of like, it makes me think of freckles. Like freckles okay. with a spur. Gotcha. Yeah. So, okay, so they go back to get snacks. Uh, well, Rebecca, Zena, and Max get snacks. Uh, Rebecca helps. Oh, no, I zoomed out. Rebecca helps Zena unpack and get settled down. And Jonah went to his room. Zena played with Max for a little bit upstairs. They were like jumping on couches. They were playing tag. They were doing kid stuff. She's mm-hmm. 13. He's six. They're just going to run around, especially in a house that big. Sure. They're just going to run around and be crazy. And then they eventually, they winded down and they went to bed. So that next day, that timeline is important because it was specifically mapped out in a dep- in the deposition later, which is why. So it doesn't seem like this is important because nothing happened that day. But it is important to... One particular person's story. Okay. July 11th, the very next day, around noon o'clock, Rebecca and Max and the dog, whose name is Ocean, wake up Zena, who slept in because she doesn't have school. Yeah, she's 13. She's going to sleep till noon if you're going to, if you let her. So they finally woke her up because they wanted to go to the beach eventually. So Rebecca made everybody pancakes and everyone, like the morning started off really nice. They were like chilling in the kitchen, eating pancakes. Jonah gets up to, he has pancakes. He gets dressed for the gym and he plans on coming back after the gym to pick everybody up to go to the beach with him. Um, so they like make the plans and then he goes to the gym. While Rebecca is finishing up breakfast, Max was getting a little stubborn because he's six years old and kids are stubborn with food. He didn't want to finish his breakfast. So Rebecca's like, okay, okay, finish one more pancake and then clean your room or you can't go to the beach. And Max was like, oh, fine fine i'll do it so he eats this dang pancake and he goes upstairs to start cleaning his room Zena, who had just finished her pancakes was like okay i haven't showered since i got in from the plane from yesterday that was why the timeline was important this is why she showered now rather than right when she got there yesterday so she's like i'm gonna go shower before the day really gets started and we go to the beach because i feel gross so bye so she goes upstairs to the shower and leaves rebecca to clean up the kitchen gotcha rebecca while cleaning the kitchen or after cleaning the kitchen that timeline's unclear apparently went to the bathroom and then she hears a loud crash so she runs out of the bathroom yelling for both kids like hey where is everybody like is everybody yeah, you okay you never want to hear a crash you never want to hear a crash and in a house that big mm-hmm. when you don't know if you can get to them in time mm-hmm. too she's just trying to make any kind of contact she yells for both kids she does not get a response right away oh no Zena's in the shower remember upstairs Zena thinks she hears something she heard a loud noise too but she was thought it was ocean barking and then she hears rebecca screaming and so she turns off the shower she throws some clothes on she comes out of the bathroom and at the bottom of the stairs by the foyer by the door she sees uh rebecca holding max (gasps) apparently rebecca when she came out of the bathroom after hearing that crash she found max lying face down on the bottom of the steps 
he had apparently fallen off of the second floor banister. Oh, my God. And somehow caused the chandelier to crash beside him. His Razor scooter. Do you remember Razor scooters? Uh, Yeah. His Razor scooter, when Rebecca found him, was laying across his leg. She had moved it by the time Zena came out. Oh, my God. And there were a few scattered soccer balls around. <clears throat> so max is non-responsive oh my his gosh. head is lying in rebecca's lap the dog is running around frantically freaking out so at, honestly Zena probably could have also heard the dog barking because I, what dog wouldn't be barking at sure. this point um rebecca is panicking and she yells at Zena to call 911 so Zena's like okay i don't know where your phone is so she goes upstairs to becca's room she does not find it she runs downstairs in the kitchen finally finds it and according to Zena, that search for the phone takes two, about two minutes that timeline is important oh God. takes about two minutes to find the phone she dials 911 while rebecca attempts to resuscitate max now i have <laughs> let me scroll <sighs> now we'll get to it after the this we'll, we'll take a break in a second and then have you read the okay, 911 yeah. call so the 911 call happened we will circle back to that um <clears throat> He's non-responsive. There's a lot of blood. Oh, my god! When the first responders get there, he's immediately taken to the children's hospital. He had fallen face first, too, and his spinal cord was damaged and hyperextended, which stopped his heart, caught it cutting off oxygen to his brain. And so he was without oxygen for about 30 minutes before oh first god. responders could get him breathing again. Oh, that's awful. Um Rebecca, when they got there to get him, uh, Rebecca told them that the last thing he said after he fell to her before he lost consciousness was the word ocean. So when they're panicking and trying to resuscitate him, she's like, uh, he said ocean. Does that mean the dog tripped him? Like she's trying to formulate anything, but she claims he said the word ocean. This will be disputed later when we dive into like the autopsy and what realistically probably could have happened. But, um, but yeah, so she she mentioned the dog's name and she's freaking out and she's kind of like in paralysis at this point in oh like my God, task that, paralysis. It's like the worst thing, that worst could case scenario. To you. Yeah, yeah. So um, a clinical social worker at the hospital <clears throat> that was talked to later, named Renee uh, Tightsworth, I think that's her last name. She thought his condition seemed peculiar because he suffered cardiac arrest immediately after the fall. I'm not a doctor, okay. However. It, it doesn't strike me as odd that he suffered cardiac arrest well, considering his, his spinal, spinal injury. He, yeah. yeah. It actually sounds normal mm-hmm. to have suffered cardiac arrest after a traumatic fall and crash like that. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to say that her suspicions were unfounded because, well, when we dive into, like, the other weird things surrounding this fall... I mean, I, I get why she's overthinking certain things, but I don't think this is... I, I included it just in case anyone else listens to this and is like, no, that is weird that he had cardiac arrest yeah. immediately after mm-hmm. the fall. But that was not a red flag to me. So anyway, his brain damage was really extensive. <clears throat> he was essentially brain dead. Um, and within five days, he passed away on July 16th. Um, the Coronado Police Department investigated his accident but on the 26th, they dubbed it just an accident. Yeah. They didn't see any foul play involved. They theorized that he could have been on his scooter and stumbled over a soccer ball or over ocean, mm-hmm. over the dog. And his scooter must have caught on the chandelier, ripping it from the ceiling and falling right next to him on the floor. Dinah. Dinah? Dina? 
going to call her Dina. Dina Shackney is his mom. Gotcha. She didn't like that answer. She did not like the verdict of an accident. She well, she believed yeah. that Max was beaten to death. Whoa. Yeah. So in 2012, a year later, she pushed for the investigation to be reopened. But authorities refused. They were like, no, this... This is a tragic accident. She's un- inconsolable. She's inconsolable. Mother. She's yeah, grieving. She wants to have... Yeah. This is understandable. Yeah. But she's like, no, he was beaten before he fell off the banister. Like, something else happened. So she hired Dr. Judy Melanek to look over the case. She was a pathologist. And Dr. Melanek said, Max was assaulted by another person at the hallway near the banister of the second floor. She also concluded that Rebecca's claim that Max said ocean before losing consciousness was impossible based on his injuries. He would not have been able to vocalize anything Mm. considering his spinal injury and all that stuff, which I don't disagree with her. I think it is weird that he said anything. Well, especially if he was brain dead. Yeah. And and he was unresponsive. Like, I don't. Yeah, that is that is an interesting. I don't think that Rebecca heard what she thinks she heard. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so this Dr. Melanek was like, no, there's more to this story. She also says that Max was too small to have fallen that way over the railing. He was six years old. Mm -hmm. He was a small kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So she concluded that he was assaulted and suffocated before being thrown over the banister. Now, I want before we take a quick break, I want to say that Dina did not blame Rebecca. Okay, which is weird because when I. First uh, read this, I, I was like, Dina yeah. thinks he was assaulted because she doesn't like his her ex-husband's sure, sure, girlfriend. Sure, that's what I thought, too. That's a valid um, story jump. Like, you, your brain would go there. No, she thinks an outside person got into the house and did this to her kid. Now, that's a little... That's more ridiculous than blaming yeah, Rebecca. Yeah, a little far-fetched, but... Not impossible. Not but impossible. Like, but also, I find it interesting that Dina's like, I don't actually blame Rebecca, though. Huh. Like, Rebecca was there. Sure. Zena that's was there. Yeah. Sure, but I think another person got into the house. Hmm. Um, I'm also just like, just as an aside, like if you were responsible for a child in the house, uh, I would not be letting them ride their scooter around the house. Yeah. Like that's just, that's a bad call. Is Well, and I'm wondering when I, when I would read over this case, when I read over all the details too, I was like, well, this is a rich kid mm-hmm. in a huge house. With not a lot of rules. Not probably. a lot of oversight. Yeah. I mean accidents like this are possible for sure you don't have someone telling you and you're six you're gonna try stupid things sure but okay we will dive into possibilities and actually mindy's gonna read the transcript because i could not find weird oh, so things excited. i couldn't find the audio for the 911 call that xena made i really wanted to because i wanted to hear xena's voice yeah and hear if xena's first language was english She's 13, and so she was more than likely, the Zaha family was in the U.S., but probably by the time she was born. So I would infer that she does, like, English is her first language. Yeah, but you'll see, when you read the transcript, you're going to be like, okay, this is why it's a little weird. Okay. Yeah, there's some weird things. Also, 911 calls are very telling, too. They are. They are. And, And, I mean, part of it, I don't. I don't know if when when we read over it, I don't know if I'm suspicious of anything. I just have more questions. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, but let's take a quick break and then we will be right back. Okay, we're back. And now Mindy is going to go ahead and read the transcript for the 911 call made on July 11th, um, right after surrounding Max's accident. Go ahead. Okay. um, Operator. 
fire and medical emergency. Ma'am, tell the, tell the operator what's going on. Hello? Xena. Hello, um, my sister's trying to re- a boy. Operator. I'm sorry, she's what? Xena. She can't breathe. Operator. She can't breathe. What's your address? Xena. Um, what's the address? Rebecca. 1040, 1040 Ocean Boulevard. Xena. 1040 Ocean Boulevard. Operator. 1040 Ocean Boulevard. Xena. Yes. Operator. In Coronado? Xena. Yes. Operator. Okay. And you said, what's wrong with her? She can't breathe? Yeah. Operator, how old is she? Xena, um, six. Operator, she's six? Xena, yeah. Operator, okay, what happened to her? Xena, she... Ocean Boulevard. Xena, she fell down the stairs. Operator, she fell down the stairs? Xena, unintelligible. They're not sure what she said. Operator, she fell down the stairs, you said? Xena, yes. Operator, okay, what's your name? Xena. And what's the phone number you're calling from? Unintelligible again. They could not understand what she was saying. Operator, do you do you know it? Xena, no. Operator, okay, how old are you? Xena, 13. Operator, you're 13 and that's your mom in the background? Is your mom there with you? Xena, no. Operator, is she there? Xena, send the police, and again, what she was saying is unintelligible. So she, either she was mumbling or you couldn't really understand her. Operator, I don't need to talk to her. I'm just asking you if she's there. Xena, yes. Operator, okay, is your sister awake? Xena, yes. Operator, is she breathing right now? Yes. Okay, she's just having trouble with her breathing? Operator, yes. Okay, is she alert? Is she responding to you guys? Xena, no. Operator, no. Does she have difficulty talking? No. Is she able to talk at all? No. Is she changing color? I don't know. You don't know? And then Xena res responds with another unintelligible <coughs> comment. Operator, is she clammy, like cold and sweaty? Xena responds again with an unintelligible comment. She is she passed out? Okay, so she's not waking up right now. Again, you can't understand what Xena says. She's not breathing. Operator, she is not breathing. Okay, is she she's not breathing? That's what you're telling me? Xena, yes. So she fell down the stairs and she's not breathing. Okay, I need your mom to lay flat lay her flat on her back. You need to listen to me. If she's not breathing, get her on her back. Can you tell your mom to put her on her back? Yeah. Are you there? And then um, in the background, they like you can't tell what they're saying. Hello? Again, you can't tell what they're saying. Is a fire truck out front? Again, you can't tell what they're saying. <laughs> okay, I need you to tell me the address one more time. They're not finding it. You said 1040 Ocean Boulevard. Hello? Again, unintelligible. And then Xena says, okay. <laughs> Operator, hello? Unintelligible. Hello? Another, like, comment More that you mumbling. cannot understand. More mumbling. Xena <laughs> says, stop. 
Hello? They're here. They're coming. What a weird 911 call. If I hadn't told you that this was the 911 call about Max's accident, you would not have guessed that that matched this case. No, because first of all, they're talking about a, a a girl. She kept saying she. Yeah. And then now, I, now first of all, first of all, just just that was hard to read. Yeah, it. I'm sure it was hard to listen to yeah. too. It yeah, sounded, sorry, everybody. It sounded like well, I mean, for the operator. Oh, sure. Very confusing to listen to because well, and then she would. And every time she responded, you couldn't understand what she was saying. Exactly. Yeah. So I know in moments like that. You're panicking. If if I were still nannying, I used to nanny. If one of the kids that I was watching was in an accident like this, I, I honestly don't know what I would do. I don't know if I would be disciplined enough to go into action, like do the CPR that I'm trained to do. Because you're in shock. Even if you know what to do, you don't know how you're going to react. Well, and especially if it's somebody that you know. Yeah. And she, Max was like her kid. Mm -hmm. Rebecca treated him like she was, like he was her kid. Mm -hmm. And then Zena's thirteen, and she's she's probably pa- a child. If, if she's seeing her adult sister panicking, yeah. and she's told, "Hey, call nine one one." If a you've never done that before, and b you're just as scared as your sister, the adult in the room, mm-hmm. she's probably there's probably a lot of factors going into why this nine one one call is so confusing. But what I was really fixated on was, it's not just one time that she calls him she. That she yeah. says that she's not breathing. She fell down the stairs. She's not breathing. Was she talking about Max? Was her sister having a panic attack instead of resuscitating? Was her sister actually not breathing? Yeah, there's a lot that's confusing. There's so... And and it sounds... I read somewhere, someone who had actually... And I could not... I scoured the internet for this audio. And I couldn't find it. But I found some an article where someone had listened to it. And had mentioned that it sounded like... The phone was on speaker, which is why so many parts of it were you, unintelligible. You understand. Yeah. yeah. So maybe Zena called 911, put it on speaker, and then tried to periodically have Rebecca talk because Rebecca's the adult mm-hmm. who's trying to problem solve. she doesn't solve. really know what to do. And Zena has no idea what she's doing. Sure. So, yeah, at, at some point on this, I was like, I don't know if she's talking about Max the entire time. I think maybe maybe based on the chaos that was happening maybe rebecca was not actually resuscitating him maybe she tried to start but then she got a, had a panic attack and when you are in a panic attack you don't do stuff you don't always you have to, you have to yeah and she probably because also like in the deposition when Zena was interviewed for the deposition later later in way later in the case she was asked if her sister had received cpr training and Zena said as far as i know she told me she had like, so in Zena's mind, Rebecca knew what she was doing. But if Rebecca suddenly stops breathing or starts hyperventilating, like Zena's probably going to panic. Sure. There's just, there's so much happening. There's so much well, happening. And as a, if you're 13 years old and you see a little boy laying there with blood. Yeah. How horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah. How horrifying. Yeah. I mean, I would panic. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's your natural reaction. Yeah, I think a 13 year I think her being so confusing in this call is not. I don't think it's too much. Of I a don't red think flag. it's suspicious yeah. for her, but yeah. it does make me wonder because like. Rebecca made everyone made it sound like Rebecca was trying to resuscitate Max that she was doing CPR the whole time. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I believe that. I was there any evidence of that when they came? Not that I'm aware of. Mm. And. 
he went 30 minutes without breathing. So if she was, and I'm not saying that like, <laughs> if she did CPR, that's not a guarantee he's going to start breathing again. So that's not necessarily evidence that she wasn't trying to mm-hmm. do CPR. Mm-hmm. But well, considering she was, so when, when she would interact with the family around like the day of while he was in the hospital she seemed her behavior was strange she seemed like functional but a little catatonic she wasn't really responsive she wasn't so like that made that makes me believe maybe she wasn't reacting in the moment the way she hoped she would Mm -hmm. and so maybe she was sitting and thinking like i could have revived him but i didn't i had a panic attack and now i'm a failure but I don't know. I don't know what happened. No, we don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. We don't know if. And yeah. you can speculate. And, and I mean, if it's if his injuries were apparent. Yeah. You know, like when you like CPR is like rough. Like it's rough. A lot of times you ribs break would ribs be broken. And yeah. So if he was like very injured, like yeah. if you could tell he had a spinal injury or, or something like that, she might have been scared yes. to do CPR. Yeah, I um, would be. For sure. Especially the little tiny body. Yeah. He's you know? six. He's six uh, years old. There's there's. that's tricky so i think do i think dina's right that there was foul play maybe not i think maybe kids there was a a, if you listen to the rotten mangoes episode on this too she cites this as well uh there there was a mention in the research for this case that previously he had tried you know that trick that some skateboarders do where they go sideways down a banister Mm -hmm. like grinding a yes yeah there was there was a, a mention that like he had joked around and tried to do that and his dad got mad at him. And so maybe he tried doing that and he fell because there was no adult there to bark at him to stop. Uh, I mean, there's so that many. so scary. This could I'm not saying foul plays out of the question because it never really is. But I am saying that I don't think Rebecca did anything wrong necessarily. I think if anything was done incorrectly, it's because she panicked. Because I would panic. Sure. I don't know if I would be able to fully do CPR on a child sure. that I was looking over sure. that just busted his spinal cord and has blood everywhere. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Let's talk about first, though, who's in the house. There's no staff in the house. Okay. It's just Rebecca, Zena. So no witnesses. No witnesses. And Max. It was the, the three of them and the dog. They were going to get ready to go to the beach. I remember when I... Before I, like, did a deep dive to research for this episode... My first thought was, no one's telling me about the, the sister. Do we know that the 13-year-old was not playing with him when he accidentally fell? Is she saying she was in the shower because she's scared mm-hmm. of admitting that she was also goofing off with mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. and could have possibly prevented his injury? Well, and I'm not saying she killed him. Right, I'm just, but if something like that happened, we like, don't of know. course you're going to be like, I don't know. I was in the shower. Yeah. I, don't, I was in the shower. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, so I, I don't know if intentional foul play is at mm-hmm. fault here. It doesn't sound like foul play to me, to be honest. It sounds like a horrible accident. It sounds like a terrible accident. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, yeah, Dina, Dina is, to this day, she's trying to get it. Poor thing. Yeah. She is her only child. It's her baby. And it's a really horrible way for a child to die. Yeah, that's awful. And I, I respect that she's not blaming Rebecca. I respect that she's not pointing the finger at the caretaker of the time because there's only so much that's in your control when you're taking care of a kid. 
but I don't know if I believe that there was an intruder. I don't know. And and no other evidence of an intruder. There's no... And that's a, that's a really, you know, like a, kind of a weird thing for an intruder to just come in... And hit a kid and throw him over a banister. And leave. And there was... Yeah. And there's no staff that were there that day that they know of. Mm-hmm. That the, that and Zena I'm sure they had security. You would assume that there's cameras yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So poor. D- I really hope for Dina's sake that she eventually finds the closure she needs, whether yeah. it's actually yeah, so it being awful. investigated yeah. or what. The um, the more heartbreaking part. This is already heartbreaking, but it gets worse because. <laughs> no. But we're gonna we're almost at the end of the episode though. But two ah! days, ah! two days after Max was admitted in the hospital, he's not dead yet. He didn't die until the sixteenth. He's in the hospital. They're stabilizing him. He's brain dead, but he's still breathing. Um, on July thirteenth. Rebecca Zhao is found dead, hanging in the Spreckles mansion over the second floor balcony. And that's where we're going to end part one, guys. Oh, that's where we're going to end part one. How can you part- <laughs> do this to me? Part two, we will talk about the wow. timeline between Max's hospitalization and Rebecca that passing away. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. How can we have a snack now? <laughs> Let's please, please have okay. a snack. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> goodness yes this one is a wild I'm telling one you, it gets worse and worse and worse ah! so poor max we he, that little guy he was so cute too you're gonna have to post pictures of him oh. on the, he's such a cutie so r.i.p max oh i really if you pray or send good vibes to his family yes that's dina's awful. probably still suffering because yeah. you don't get over that bearing sending, a kid sending our love yeah, to poor Dina Shackney, and Jonah, and Jonah. Yeah, I mean, that's I don't talk about him a whole lot. I, I don't think that there's anything worse. No, and the family was pretty destroyed. Well, yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll dive into even more of the aftermath of that in part two. What is our treat today? Let's end this on okay, a sweet note. Um, we do have a fun treat. Okay. I myself am a fan of sour things. Yes. We've got trolley sour brat. <laughs> Sour bright octopus. Octopi? Octopi. Octopi. They look delicious. <sighs> I really love that you've got so many different kinds of seafood gummies that we've tried. <laughs> we should have a whole like <laughs> Listen. It's part of our seafood series. I am like kind of like a thirteen year old boy when it comes to like picking out snacks. I'm like, oh there's is it sharks or frogs? Is it sharks? Dinosaurs? Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is a Whoa. It's a boy. This has one, two, three, four. Two, three, this three, actually has eight legs. Wow. Trolley. Ten- done it tentacles. again. Trolley. Ready? Okay, ready? Cheers. Mmm. <laughs> I put that whole thing in my mouth. Man, you did. I just bit off his legs. Mmm. <laughs> yep. Is our rating system out of five or out of ten? Out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I honestly want to put any sour thing at five stars. Five skulls. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. I approve, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you want another one? Yeah, I do. <laughs> this was a good note to end on. Mm-hmm. Sour bright octopus. Mm. Yep, five skulls and a little... Um... Little fish. Yeah. <laughs> a little fish. A little fish boy. I like it. Man. This yeah, sour good. things are... I'm here for it. Yeah. Maybe we should add this to our giveaway. Mm. A bag of these trolley 
sour gummies. You want to tell them yes. about the giveaway that we're playing? Oh my gosh, I can't even. So, I'll be posting on our Instagram soon. We have an awesome cookies and crime hat. It's embroidered. It's so cute. Not going to lie, I wanted to keep it for myself. It's re- it's very cute. And we have a little camper's mug. Yeah. That has a little blood spatter and it says, I paused my podcast for this, which is so funny and so, cute. So funny. We are so clever. <laughs> we are so clever. And we're going to have a bag of it's these boys because they're delicious. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, we're going to do a little giveaway. Mm-hmm. So to... stay tuned. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll put directions and stuff on Instagram, so. And if fun. you don't win it, you can always buy those things separately. Yeah. Except that I don't, we don't have any candy in the shop. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. You can that. go to your local store. Local <laughs> they grocery store. trolleys everywhere. Yeah. I love this. I could just sit here and eat that whole bag. Yeah, that's mm. pretty good. Well, it's a good note to end on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you like this episode and the treats and just hang out with us hit subscribe yeah like subscribe comment. please rate and review because we would Tell love us we're silly yeah we would love to hear feedback of any kind you can message us on instagram if you're not already please follow us on instagram also facebook we have a facebook too hey hey we do so stay tuned for next time oh we will be doing we will be doing a cult case soon. So. Oh, yeah. I do have to. Okay. Okay. We teased it on Instagram. Got everybody excited. And then now I'm hitting you with a two-parter that's not at all case uh, cult this related. A, this is a fascinating case. This is a heavy one. Yeah. The next two-parter we do, though. Well, it might not be a two-parter. I don't know. We'll see how the research pans Cults. out. But it'll be a cult. So stay tuned for that. Those are, that's a whole nother bag, man. I love it. I love it. I love a good cult. L- listen, psychologically, yeah. it's, a, it's a deep dive. Well, it's funny, too, because so I'm LDS and people call us a cult. But then I look well, at like Jonestown and I'm like, oh, mm, uh, yes, well, that, that would be a cult. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Well, I, I really want to, like, get the actual definition of a cult and then really dissect it yeah, well, to it be up. like what? I mean, maybe it's uh, maybe not all cults are bad. If you're not hurting people, do what you want to do, yeah, I guess. I feel like if you're not hurting anyone or yeah. yourself, yeah. you do you. Yeah. If you're starving yourself, that's not great. No. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're drinking Kool-Aid that yeah. kills everybody, yeah. don't do that. Don't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. Don't give the Kool-Aid to your children. If you're assaulting people, that's bad. But if you're just living your life and hugging trees, sure. you, you do you, sure. man. Live in a commune. Yeah, do exactly. You. We'll dive into that next, though. So not this next episode. This next episode will be part two of this. We'll talk more about Rebecca. And then after that, we're going to dive into some cults. So stay tuned. And thanks for hanging out with us. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.